dear Lord, the faith to trust you completely in all times, in all places, in all circumstances. We ask it in your most holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, if it wasn't odd enough for me to be on this side of the chancel, we'd have the ice storm and we'd have visitors who I'm trying to ignore. (laughs) Welcome to your new life, Beth and Chip. You'll never be anonymous. Yeah. The bishop-elect and his wife are visiting with us this morning, and all sorts of things are happening that never have happened in the whole two years I've been here. Um, We moved the musicians off the chancel, which I've been praying about and wishing for ever since I became interim rector. And then some very enterprising young men began moving furniture around. And I happened to come in as they were restoring the sanctuary, the chancel at least, to what is more customary in, in our, our family of the church. And I thought, well, we'll blame it on the annual meeting. If anybody didn't like it, Bishop and Beth, we've had the pulpit on that side ever since the building was built. And we've had the contemporary musicians up here and all the wires. So anyway, may God be praised if this works better Um, we'll keep it going. I think that I'm going to preach today, so let me find my notes. I I want to, uh, uh, I I don't want to preach to the bishop, but I do have to explain that for two years we've been going through Matthew's gospel, and I've been trying to make sure that we would hear from from Matthew's gospel the parts that we hadn't heard. So we've come back and been going through the the Sermon on the Mount, and now today we make the transition from the Sermon on the Mount to chapter 8, when the ministry begins to unfold in a completely, in in a new way for the reader of the gospel. Uh, Matthew has told us that Jesus has been ministering all over um, the Holy Land. He even has gone beyond the boundaries of the Holy Land. We heard that even before the Sermon on the Mount. And there have been healings and miraculous things happening. And the, and the crowds have been coming. And then Jesus went up the mountain and took only those, well, invited, I think. I think it's a fair assumption. Invited those to come up the mountain who were seriously pondering being his disciples. So even though there was a great crowd, according to Matthew's record, though there were great crowds that were hearing the Sermon on the Mount, there'd been a distinction between just whoever heard about him or saw what was going on to those who were really willing to make a sacrifice to go up the mountain, to listen carefully to the teaching of this young rabbi from Nazareth. And we've very patiently gone through the Sermon on the Mount together. And today, we, we dive into Matthew telling us some of the stories of the things that began to happen when they came down from the mountain. And we hear today of a leper cleansed and of a centurion's servant healed. And next week, we'll hear about Peter's mother-in-law being healed. In, in, and, and Matthew takes us immediately into three healing stories. Now, I want to postpone preaching about healing till the next time I'm in this pulpit, which will be two weeks from today. 
Uh, we have a visitor next week. And, and I, I want to focus more on the transition that we see here between people who are listening, people who are observing, people who are seeing, even as we heard last week, people who are amazed at the authority that Jesus has as he teaches. We're, we're, we're seeing a transition to stories in which people acknowledge him as Lord. As Lord. The leper calls Jesus Lord. And the Roman centurion calls Jesus Lord. One of the beautiful things about the whole gospel narrative is that it unfolds piece by piece, hint by hint, clue by clue, clue by clue, story by story, parable by parable, the fullness of what God was revealing in sending his son to us. And now we see a very significant transition. We see a transition from, yes, there is power in this man. That Yes, there are healing miracles occurring. Yes, there are wonderful things going on. He is teaching in a certain way. He is healing in a certain way. But little by little, and now here without any focus on it at all, except to, to tell us, come two who have decided this Jesus is from God in a most unusual and wondrous way. And, and, and in that, I want us to focus on that reality for us who have in this room, if I look around this room, I don't see anyone in this room who hasn't been a part of the life of the church for their whole lives, pretty much. I look back here, I look out there, I see, I know myself. We've been a part of the household of faith for all of our lives, most of us, or nearly all of our lives. And I want us to think about the difference between the admiration we have for Jesus and the love we have for Jesus and the, the, the testimonies that we have about him and focus in on what is revealed today about lordship and its connection to faith. Faith in the Savior who is now my Lord. Faith in a Savior who is now my Lord. My experience personally has been that all too many of us who have had an experience of coming to a living faith, who have at some point in our lives, some time, some place, some circumstance, where we, we experience the sense of complete surrender to the truth of the gospel and asked or prayed or, or opened ourselves even wordlessly to the Lord taking charge, to the Lord coming to us, to the receiving Christ, committing my life to Jesus, coming down to the front, whatever it might have been, that moment, raising a hand, however it came, and whatever words we would use to describe it, to be born again, to receive the Spirit, to become a believer, uh, to take personally the promises of my baptism. When that moment happened, we had an experience. We had a, we had a, a moment when we recognized we are trusting that only God can save. 
I cannot save myself. I can't live in a way that will save me. I can't do in a way that will save me. I have to trust God in Christ Jesus. And we've had that experience. But I confess to you, and I know that most of you would, I think, agree with me, that very, very slowly have we come to understand what it means that he is also Lord. He's not just Savior. He's Lord. He's Lord of all. He's Lord over my good times and my bad times. He's Lord over my healthy times and my sick times. He's Lord over my living and he's Lord over my dying. Because he is Lord of all. And we see that beginning to be opened up today. We see that happening. Now we don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole story of the leper. And we don't know the whole story of the centurion. But what we see in both of them is, I think, we can, we can reasonably surmise they have heard about this Jesus. They've come into some environment where they are hearing more about him, perhaps seeing him, perhaps witnessing his ministry, and almost certainly hearing him teach. And as the scriptures reveal to us, we all have to come and see. We all have to hear. And faith comes by the hearing. Somehow, this leper and this centurion have come to that place that having heard, they have believed. They have believed. And the reason I'm sure that Matthew gives us these stories so clearly and so wondrously here in the 8th chapter is because they moved into the surrendered faith that recognizes he is now Lord. He is now Lord. And I am no longer in charge of my own life. The centurion is the one I would like to finish with today. The centurion. This is a man in that culture who was not Jewish and who had significant power and authority from the Roman Empire to execute the Roman laws, to punish any wrongdoer, to take people prisoner, he may well have had a, a level of authority that is beyond anything that we normally run into day by day. And he has recognized that Jesus has come from God and has the authority of God. And therefore, he comes with the heart full of the burden of his love for his servant, his slave. He not only has soldiers in his life who must obey him, he has in the culture of that time a servant, probably multiple servants. He was a very, very prosperous centurion, undoubtedly. He had means and he had authority over people and he knew what that authority meant. It meant that he could speak and things happened. He could withhold and things were withheld. And clearly, he has been touched by the hand of God to have God's character in him to some extent that he is 
concerned for those who are under his authority. He cares about those who are under his authority. He's not a bad master. He's a good master. He's a good Lord. He's a good centurion, lowercase lord in the Greek. And he comes with the burden of his sick and beloved servant. A man undoubtedly who had been very loyal whose obedience in that household was probably out of affection. I would dare to say a loving obedience. And now one that has been so wonderfully faithful in the centurion's world is suffering. And he knows only one thing, to bring him to the Lord. To bring that need to the Lord. And we know, we know from the beautiful story that the Lord immediately, Matthew doesn't even tell us that he had asked yet, um, but even without asking, Jesus knows why he's come. I will come and heal your servant, Jesus says to him. And he says, no. No. I am not worthy for you to come to my, my house But if you say the word, my servant will be healed. And then he recounts to the Lord, who probably didn't need to hear it, but did, the nature of his own ministry life, his own own military life, I should have said there, that, that he understands what it is to have authority. And he knows He knows that God has given the authority to Jesus. And if Jesus wills, it will happen. Now, have you noticed, I hope, in both of these, in the leper and in the centurion, they don't say, I want you to heal my servant. Please heal my servant. You need to heal my servant. That's the way we talk, isn't it? They both say, If you will. They recognize who has the authority. They recognize him as Lord. And they place themselves surrendered before him. Now in both of these wonderful, wonderful stories, God's will is expressed immediately in the healing of these two. As I said earlier, I I ask God's grace, if he wills, that I come back in two weeks and we talk about and we think about the ministry of healing and the mystery of healing as we look at Peter's mother-in-law in in two weeks and Jesus healing her with a touch. And we'll face into the inevitable reality that comes to a priest all the time. Why are some healed and others are not? We'll come back to that. But today, let us look at this. The faith to trust that whatever God does will be all right. The faith to believe that we are in his care and he is a good Lord, a loving Lord, a gracious Lord, a merciful Lord, and that we can trust him. We can trust him with the prayer, if you will. 
the prayer, if you will, puts us in the hands of the one we call Lord. And if we come with the faith of the leper and the centurion, we come trusting no matter what the outcome, we are the Lord's. Whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. We've confronted this in our congregation in the last few weeks in a very, very, very painful way. As our, senior, our junior warden and his wife died in a house fire. But all of us who know them, all of us, I said no because I feel like I do know them. They're with the Lord, but I know them. All of us who knew them know they had placed themselves in the Lord's hands. They walked with the Lord. They were the Lord's. And when they were not going to be able to escape from that fire, they died in one another's arms. And I have no doubt trusting themselves to the Lord Jesus. The evidence according to the scriptures that we have faith is we let Jesus be Lord. And to allow Jesus to be Lord means we place all of our life in his care. And we grow in our understanding and trust in that reality. And we learn day by day in little things as well as big. To listen to what he says and to obey what he says and to trust what he says at all times and in all places. May God grant us, you and me, the faith of this leper and the faith of this centurion. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.